You're now listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. It's time to grow. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, we are looking uh, into 2020 and into uh, 2021 with uh, an emphasis on discipleship and the Holy Spirit. And today I wanted to, uh, just before we get into Thanksgiving next week, I wanted to take some time to talk about growing and discipleship. And so today I've entitled the sermon, It's Time to Grow. If you put up for me uh, Hebrews chapter 5, it says this, There's much more we'd like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who, who are mature, who through training who through training, who through training, don't miss that, did did I make that point? Who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. The writer of Hebrews is making a plea, a call to grow. Are you growing in your relationship with Jesus? Are you? Don't point your finger at anybody else. Today, we're pointing the finger at us. Are you growing? It's clear that we should be growing and maturing spiritually, but it seems that many of us are not. I read a study this week, it's a few years old, but I think the stats would still uh, be accurate. I read a study this week that was uh, put out by the Bible Society and EFC that that said only 14%, 14% of Canadian Christians ever read their Bible, 14%. So, you know, if our children were not physically growing, we would take them to the doctor to find out what is wrong, what is going on, why isn't my child growing? And when, if we're not growing spiritually, may I just suggest today that something is wrong. Something needs to be corrected. Something needs to be inputted into our lives that's not being done right now. It's not enough to get saved and wait for the rapture, as lovely as that would be, right? And I know we're all thinking about it more and more and more, but we are here, and growth should be an expected, normal part of our spiritual journey with Jesus. And as I say from time to time, he loves us too much to let us stay the same. So there is room for growth in all of us, all of us, even those who have served God for many years. We know that just as mature trees produce better fruit, uh, as we mature, the whole idea is that we become more powerful, more effective, more anointed, more useful, more, more, more for the kingdom of God. 
as we grow and as we mature. We become the people of God, and we become an instrument, a powerful instrument, in the hands of God, inspired and anointed and led by the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's important. It's really important. I know you're not going to argue, but I'm reminding you today, it's really, really important that we are growing spiritually. It's really important that we are improving and getting over things and moving beyond stuff and seeing more victory, more victory, that our struggles, a lot of them should be in our rearview mirror as we move towards Jesus, that we are overcomers. Amen? So it's God's will that every believer is growing. We should be growing in grace. We should be growing in knowledge, as Peter says. And it's time, the writer of Hebrews says, it's time to move past the milk. It's time to get to the solid food. The writer here of these words is concerned uh, to, to his readers that they're not making progress. He was expecting better things from them, and he wasn't seeing it. Spiritual maturity, let's just say this too, it's not, it's not just a matter of age. It's not. It's, it's not just a matter of how long you've attended church. You know this to be true. There are people, not here, but we've heard of them, right? There are people who have heard hundreds of sermons, good ones, and have been in church for years who have not progressed very much. Uh, there's so many factors in that, and that's a whole sermon in itself, but I just wanted to touch on one thing, and then I'm going to move on. But a big factor in people not growing is desire. It's desire. It's, it's, a, it's a huge factor in our lives. When we want to do something bad enough, we seem to be able to get it done in every area of our lives. When we want to be a doctor real bad, they put the time in to get it done. When you want to be an electrician, you put the time in to get it done. When you want to be a pastor, you put the time in to get it done. Whatever it is, you want to be an engineer. It just takes some time, yes, but it also takes drive. It also takes determination. It also takes this attitude of desire that I'm going to do this and I'm going to overcome all the hurdles that are in my way. So desire is a huge, huge thing. And the people who have it will be spiritually growing. And the people who don't have it will be in the same place, struggling with the same things, no matter how many church services they attend, and no, and no matter how many great sermons they listen to. Desire is a key thing in our lives. It is a work of the Spirit. To grow spiritually, it's a work of the Spirit that is done in us, but you have to have the desire. You need the want to, 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 to let the Holy Spirit in and to start doing things in your life. We must want to grow. So all that as, as sort of as a, as, a, as a preclude to what I really want to say. So here are a few things, and we're going to be here for hours, so don't worry. Yeah. All the people at home are going, that's okay, I got coffee, I'm good. Yeah, no, no, don't worry, it's okay. Uh, so here are a few things that should be growing in all of us as we mature in Christ. First, it's time to grow in joy and encouragement. Look at these verses, James chapter 1. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, 
consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. You got to hate that verse, right? We should be growing in joy as we mature in Christ. And a mature believer can take the trials of life and not lose their joy. Somebody said amen. But the trials of life cause us to grow. They cause us, they cause us to get stronger despite the problems that we face. You see, there's a difference between being happy and being joyful. They're different, right? Things are going to come our way that will not make us happy. They just won't. But they should not steal our joy. The world didn't give us this joy. And listen, and a growing believer will not let circumstances of this world take it from us. It didn't come from the world. It came from the Holy Spirit as a gift of God. It's a fruit of the Spirit that grows in us as we mature in Christ. So the world didn't give it to us, and we shouldn't let the world take it away. The Holy Spirit produces it in us. Look at these verses in John 16, um, verse 20. It says, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. It's Jesus speaking. But the world will rejoice. You will grieve but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor when her child is born or anguish gives way to joy because she's brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one, no one, no one can rob you of that joy. That's awesome today. He is worth it, and one day our joy will be made complete. A growing believer knows that salvation is the ultimate gift. It's the only thing that will matter at the end of the day. Knowing Jesus means more than anything this world could ever offer. It means more than friendship. It means more than money. It means more than power. It means more than fame. It means everything. All that stuff comes and goes. But the life and the joy of the Holy Spirit that comes to us when we know Jesus is forever and ever and ever. We have joy now and we will have it full when we see him one day. It has to be growing in us. We've, we, we say the joy of the Lord is our strength. Why? Because it's a beautiful thing to lean on when times are tough. Say, I don't like this, Lord. I'm not happy about it. But I know that I'm victor in Christ. And it's not going to steal my joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We've got to cultivate it. We've got to safeguard it. We've got to let it grow strong in us. Now, this point, I said it's time to grow in joy and encouragement. And let me just touch on that for a second. See, because I believe that encouragement actually, it, it, it's a hand-in-hand -hand thing that belongs to joy. You, you find that a joyful person is an encouraging person. And an encouraging person always has joy. It's amazing how these two things go together. Uh, look at this verse, 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. 
See, a growing believer is not rude, crude, negative, or obnoxious. We're just not that way. It's time to grow in joy and in encouragement. So that's, that's our start today. Second, it's time to grow in love and in concern for others. 1 John 3, 17, it says, If someone has enough money to, that's cut off on my screen, to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? You see, a mature believer should be growing in sensitivity to those around us. We should be growing in loving our neighbor. Who's our neighbor? The world, everybody. Everybody is our neighbor. And a mature person knows that we can't just be responsible to look out for ourselves. We know that the call of God is on us. We must be loving the world as God so loved the world. We must be loving people, showing concern, pouring out compassion, giving our time, talent, and resources because people are the most important thing. And so we have to be growing in it. We know, and you know as parents, young children can be selfish. I know, like not your children, I know, but you know, they, they want what they want, and they don't think about others. You have to teach them to share. You have to teach them this quality to consider others and to be sensitive to the needs of those around them. And spiritual maturity is about us growing a deeper love for others that we shouldn't be showing favoritism, we shouldn't be looking down on others, we shouldn't be racist, we shouldn't be exploiting people for our own personal gain. That's not what mature believers do. That's not who we are. The two greatest commands are to love God and what? To love your neighbor, right? Or to love others as much as you love yourself. So, as believers... This is something that we need to be growing in. It's time to grow in love. Look at these verses, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but I didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. These are powerful words. This is something we need to be growing in. And then look at how he finishes that same chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. And at the very end of his love chapter, he says this, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. It's time, believer, for all of us to be growing in love and sensitivity to those who are around us. Next, it's time to grow in peace and forgiveness. Time to grow in peace and forgiveness. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. I got a bunch of scriptures that I want to go through today, so I'm trying to get through them because I think that you need to see these. Matthew 5, 9 says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Have you ever asked yourself a question 
Am I a peacemaker or am I a troublemaker? Some of you need to ask that question, I think. You know, some people, they seem to take pride in being the person who walks into a meeting, stirs the pot, gets everybody angry, then walks out going, done my job. Really? Thanks a lot for nothing. Yeah. Are you a peacemaker? Do you help to start conflict or do you help to end it? Look at Romans 12, verse 18. Paul gave very, very clear instructions. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can. So there are times, of course, we know that peace is not possible. But the point that he's making is this. It's, it shouldn't be because of you. Right? It shouldn't be because of you. Yes, there's times when peace won't come. But not because of you. You have to give it your best effort despite what the other person does, despite what the other person says. Now, it's good preaching, but when it's a little bit harder to live that out, isn't it? Because people tick us off. They make you mad. They're mean. They're nasty. They say things, and you know that you're going to struggle. But here's the thing. Mature believers who are growing in God, they're going to grow in this fruit of peace. They're going to grow in this area of unforgiveness. And let me just say this. Um, peace and, and forgiveness, like I said, with joy and encouragement, I believe that peace and forgiveness actually go together as well. They seem to go together in, in my understanding of, uh, of years of being with people. What I mean is, is that when forgiveness is given, it allows the person who offers the forgiveness to then be released and they can start to grow in peace on the inside. I've seen it many, many, many times. Unforgiveness, on the other hand, will hold you hostage and it will never allow peace to grow in your life. It will always stop it. It will always be the killer of peace in your life. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and, and, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So to grow spiritually... You must be forgiven, and you must be forgiving. That's a good one. Someone might want to, you can use that one, Gary, if you want. You know, you, you must be forgiven, and you must be forgiving. It, it's a key to growing in the Lord. Bitterness, anger, harsh words, slander against people when we, when we participate in stuff like that. I'm telling you, it will steal your peace, it will steal your joy, and it will stunt your growth in Jesus. It just works that way. It takes maturity, I know, to rise above name-calling. It takes maturity to rise above disagreements. It takes maturity to rise above resentment and mistreatment. It takes maturity. Children can't do it. Maturity. We are called to mature in the area of peace and forgiveness. 
It's time to grow in this. What time is it? It's time to grow in peace. It's time to grow in forgiveness. All right, next. It's time to grow in patience and in trust. Look at uh, James chapter 5. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. So James talks about a farmer who plants his fields and now he has to wait for the harvest. He needs patience to wait. He has to wait whether he likes it or not. He has to wait until the time is right. The farmer has to trust that the rain will come. He has to trust that the seed will grow. He has to trust that the crop is blooming underground. He has to trust. And sometimes in the, the, in the waiting, patience and trust, again, kind of go together. And uh, patience and trust, again, are signs that we're, we're maturing, right? We're maturing. If a farmer, where's Larry? Larry, it's harvest time, right? Or, right? Now, if you went in three months ago and tried to harvest, what would your harvest be like? Not very good, right? He has to wait whether he likes it or not. He would maybe prefer to get all of his crop out in July, but he can't. We have to wait sometimes. You have to wait for things in life. I know that kind of is lousy, right? And I know that some of you right here in this room and some of you watching online today, I know that you're waiting on God for something. I can almost guarantee it. Almost all of us are. But patience and trust are signs of maturity. Children, again, have a very hard time waiting. A very hard time. They get frustrated, they get angry, they get annoyed. Look at what the psalmist says in Psalm uh, 27. It says, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. You know, this psalm indicates, this verse here, it indicates that courage and bravery are actually needed sometimes as we wait. you believe that? It, while we're waiting, to wait takes courage. It, I mean, waiting in trust and in, and in patience, okay? It's like to do it well, it requires courage on our part. It requires bravery on our part. There are things that we're going to learn in the wait. There, are, there is faith to grow. There is trust that needs to expand. But we are called to patiently trust God with our lives. Waiting will teach us things that we will never learn with anything else. I wish that wasn't true. This is one that I'm not good at. I don't like to wait. I drive down Sandford and I see those people standing. Where am I? Over here. I see these people standing outside to go into the license bureau. I, I don't know if any, I come, when they come down in the morning and I see 30 people standing outside, all socially distanced, raining, people out there with umbrellas. I go, have those people lost their mind? Why would you stand in line? Like I just like, I can't stand waiting and most of us can't, right? But teaches us something that we would never learn otherwise. And I want to 
give you this just as an encouragement. Uh, put up Psalm 126 for me. It says this, Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. Come on now. It's good to wait on the Lord. You might be waiting now in tears. You might be praying now in tears. You're planting your seed in tears. But let's trust God to be patient. Let's trust him that there's a day coming, church, that we're going to harvest in joy. We planted in sorrow, but we're going to reap in joy. This is the promise of God. It is time to grow in patience and in trust. Real quick, and, and then I'm, I'm almost done, I promise. Time to grow in prayer. Time to grow in prayer. James 5.16, confess your sins to each other, pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. See, when things are going well, a mature believer prays. When things are not going well, a mature believer prays. We have to grow in prayer to pray constantly, pray continually. Spiritually mature people know this. They understand it. You know it in the core that the power of God is tapped into through your prayers. And the only way we're going to see it is to pray and to call on his name. And if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will come. We must pray. Spiritually mature people know that. They know that prayer is a key to see the power of God flow in a church, in a, in a life, in a family, in a community. They know that prayer, according to James, produces wonderful results. It is powerful and effective in pushing back the gates of the enemy and welcoming the presence of the Lord into a situation. It changes stuff. It's powerful. It's time to grow in prayer. Believers who are maturing are growing in prayer. And lastly, I wanted to get through a bunch because each one is a sermon. But I just want to throw that out there. And this week in our small groups, uh, you'll, uh, you'll get my notes. And I want you to really dig into this, okay? Uh, and work your way through those questions and, and really challenge each other on these points uh, in our groups this week. Last is time to grow in service and humility. It's time to grow in service and humility. This may be one of the most important ones. It's hard to rank them, but this one is right up there. And I couldn't not do this sermon without including it. Mark chapter 10 for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, Jesus demonstrated service. And on the night he was betrayed, he met the disciples. He introduced them to the practice that we now call communion or the Lord's Supper. 
And before he broke the bread and poured the wine that they shared together, he did something that night. He got up from the table. He got a bowl of water and a towel. And he went around and he washed all the feet. He washed all the feet. How about that, eh? He washed all the feet of the disciples. He went around that table and washed all their feet. Even Judas. He washed all their feet. Look at this. John 13. Just check this out. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and he sat down and he asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for, read it out, doing them, doing them. See, mature, mature people serve, and they know that it's right, and they look for ways to serve. They look for ways to serve around the church. They look for ways to serve their neighbors. They look for ways to serve their community. They look for ways to serve. They know it's an important part of who we are. Mature believers also keep their ego in check. And that's why I said it's, it's important to grow in service and humility. Again, they seem to be intertwined. Somebody who, who is able to serve generally means that they're keeping their ego in check. People who have str a struggle with pride, a narcissist, this kind of individual, they have great amount of trouble serving authentically. Not just serving so that people will see me and notice me and think I'm great because I'm serving, right? No, but I mean to serve authentically. They seem to, again, sort of go together in that way. It's difficult for a proud, self-centered person to serve. And it's time for us as believers to grow in humility and to grow in serving. It is another area of service. Thanks for listening to Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including service times, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a good week and God bless.